Good evening, everybody. It's Tuesday, October 3rd, 5.30 p.m., our regular scheduled council meeting. Can I get a roll call, please? Six council members are present. Council member Lettman is absent. All right, we're going to start with an invocation from Pastor Nicholas Granger from Hope United Methodist Church. Please stand. be seated. All right, we have a couple proclamations tonight. We're going to start with National Night Out. Lori Duggan's here. Meet me down here. Whereas the National Association of Town Watch, NATW, is sponsoring a unique nationwide crime, drug, and violence prevention program called National Night Out. And whereas the 39th annual National Night Out provides a unique opportunity for the city of Bullhead City to join forces with thousands of other communities across the country in promoting cooperative police community crime prevention efforts. And whereas it is essential that all citizens of the city of Bullhead City be aware of the importance of crime prevention programs and the impact their participation can have in reducing crime, drugs, and violence. And whereas the City of Bullhead City Police Department has a partnership with the Bullhead City Fire Department and Mojave Electric Cooperative as our official electric utility sponsor. And whereas police and fire community partnerships, neighborhood safety, awareness, and cooperation are all important themes of the National Night Out Program. Now, therefore, I, Steve D'Amico, Mayor of the City of Bullhead City, do hereby proclaim Wednesday, October 4th, 2023, as National Night Out, and do hereby com com excuse me, commend to all of our citizens a full participation in the event to be held in front of the Bullhead City Police Department, 1255 Marina Boulevard, at 5 p.m. And witness thereof, I hereunto set my hand this third day of October, 2023. Thank you. Thank you, Mayor. 
I'm, I'm glad to be joined tonight by Mojave Electric Cooperative Representative Jerry Hardy and my Corporal Dan Crawford of the Community Policing Unit and Lori Biles of Bullhead City Fire Department. It takes many partners within the community to bring this fun event to, to our, our entire community. All ages enjoy it. We'll have our brand new um, SWAT delivery vehicle thanks to our council and mayor and supportive uh, city staff. We'll have the pit bull out there. And if you haven't seen it, it's quite a sight. I look forward to you coming out. We're gonna have Care Flight's helicopter. We'll have our off-road vehicles, a boat. We'll have our bomb team. We're gonna just really put out a lot of the equipment that all of you afford your police department to utilize to keep this community safer. And we wanna make it a festive atmosphere. So thank heavens the schools join in. We're going to have the um, Bullhead City Ballet Floral Dancers out there. They've danced for us a couple years and they do an absolute beautiful job. We're gonna have live music and a lot of generously donated raffle prizes. We'll have refreshments. It's just a really fun night. 5 to about 7 p.m. right here in front of the flagpoles and we really hope you'll come out and talk with us in this non-stressful environment to bring your safety concerns to not only the police department but your electric cooperative, your fire department, and we'll have our citizens, correction, community emergency response team, the CERT team, as well as search and rescue on hand. And we're going to have just um, some have the reptiles that you want to make note you know about there'll be a live reptile display with poisonous reptiles thanks to Bureau of Land Management so that's always a scary one Lori stays a long way away and <laughs> but it's fun for everybody to get to see um, just what they should be looking out for because some people say there's friendly snakes I don't know I've never met one <laughs> but please join us did you guys want to make any comments It's tomorrow, Wednesday, October 4th, right out here in front. proclamation is fire prevention week whereas fire is a serious public safety concern both locally and nationally and homes are in locations where people are at great risk from fire and whereas cooking is the leading cause of home fires in the United States and whereas residents should turn pot handles toward the back of the stove always keep the lid nearby when cooking keep a three-foot kid-free zone around the stove and other things that could get hot watch what they heat and set a timer to remind them when, cook, when they are cooking. And whereas residents who have planned and practiced a home fire escape plan and have working smoke alarms are more prepared and will more likely survive a fire. And whereas the Bullhead City Fire Department first responders are uh, dedicated to reducing the occurrence of home fires and home fire injuries through prevention and protection education. And whereas the 2023 Fire Prevention Week theme cooking safety starts with you, pay attention to fire prevention. 
effectively serves to remind us to stay alert and use caution when cooking to reduce the risk of kitchen fires. Therefore, I, Steve D'Amico, Mayor of the City of Bullhead City, do hereby proclaim October 8th through 14th, 2023 as Fire Prevention Week and urge everyone to participate in the annual Community Risk Reduction Safety Fair on Saturday, October 14th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Anderson Field Group House. And witness thereof, I hereunto set my hand this third day of October 2023, Mayor Thank you. join us for the event um, it's a great time it's at the Anderson Auto Group Fieldhouse Saturday October 14th from 9 to 1 um, great thing is it's inside so it's a controlled environment we don't have to worry about that W word or um, anything like that um, we have about 20 booths right now we'll have hands only CPR water safety car seat safety if you have any info or questions about smoke alarms um, bring your kids it's a great place for them to learn about calling 911 um, just a good time they also can come out and dress up and do a little firefighter skills um, if they'd like to they can check out the apparatus so we would just hope that you come out and join us um, it's always a good time it's a fun safe environment and um, very educational too so again, we hope you come out and uh, give it a, a chance and um, we hope to see you there. All right, thank you. Now, call to the public. If you're speaking as an individual, you have three minutes. If you're spe speaking as a group, you should have four people in total. And let us know on, on uh, before you speak that you need the five minutes. Thank you. Stephen Lee, Bullhead City. Uh, I hope that everyone is paying attention to what's taking place tomorrow and potentially a week from tomorrow. Uh, that's supposed to happen between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m. local time, which is a test of the emergency broadcast system. There are numerous credible sources which claim that an 18 gigahertz burst, uh, is, which is broadcast over 5G, is going to accompany this, uh, and that this may have extreme implications, uh, especially in the vaccinated, uh, and that it may be uh, what triggers the release of possibly the Marburg and or other deadly viruses that this time have a kill rate of up to 50% and can take up to 30 days to manifest once released in the payload of this by the transmission of these frequencies. Um, just, I figure, better safe than sorry uh, to uh, try and make sure that all your electronic devices are turned off and that you stay away from them uh, during those time periods, which is 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. our time uh, tomorrow, as well as, again, on October 11th, uh, you know, any other time that they're testing the 
emergency broadcast system. Um, that said, uh, our next meeting uh, for Voices for Freedom will be October 24th, where we will welcome back uh, Dr. Melanie Kreitz-Backert, uh, who will provide uh, support and information for the vaccine injured. Uh, that meeting will take place at 6 p.m. October 24th at Casa Serrano in Fort Mojave. And I thank you very much for your time and attention. Uh, I personally give three cheers to Matt Gates and uh, thank him for standing up for we the people and against the lobbyists. And I hope that the same thing prevails here in Mojave County and that uh, we the people get heard that grassroots takes the day and that uh, we don't end up with a top-down central committee like what they had in the Soviet Union and in China and Australia. Thank you very much. Anyone else? Robin? I'm actually here on behalf of two organizations, and I think I could do it in five minutes. Is that fine? Yeah. All right. Um, good evening, uh, Mayor, Council. I'm sorry. Uh, staff and community. My name is Robin Meeting. I'm a board member for the Colorado River Concerts and I'm here to kick off our four series concert with Ireland's Greatest Showman featuring David Shannon. It will, he has um, had leading roles in Phantom of the Opera, Les Miserables, and Sweeney Todd. He has powerful vocals and incorporates violin and multimedia into his concerts. And the first one will be Thursday in November 16th at 7 p.m. at the high school. In January, February, and March of 2024, we'll have three other concerts. We'll kick off in January with a three-part female vocal group. They do tributes to uh, female vocalists like Whitney Houston, Cher, and Dolly Parton. They're the Divas Three. Then in February, we'll have a male quartet and they perform from every era and genre. They were semi-finalists on Britain's Got Talent. And then our season will conclude in March with a Garth Brooks tribute. Tickets can be found online at crconcerts.com. They're $35 for an individual show or $100 for all four concerts and $5 for students 18 years or under. And then on behalf of the Tri-State Military Moms, I'm also a, bond, a board member there. Um, some of you may have noticed we have numerous military banners missing along Highway 95 and, and other streets in the city. Hurricane Hillary brought us much needed rain, but it also brought a tropical storm that knocked down over 70 of our banners. And due to our helpful community, um, 55 were recovered that were repairable and much thanks to Universal Upholstery, uh, Chris and Misty Arias who uh, mended and repaired those banners um, with their resources and their, and their labor. Also thank you to Public Works, Kelly and Colby. Uh, they are putting up installing batches of 20. We have so many down that they asked us to bring as time permits batches of 20. Uh, this month, we're calling out all our nominees to see who is still currently serving. And um, if the 18 that we still have to order are um, not going to continue serving, then we'll order a few less banners. 
Um, we just want to thank the entire community for finding banners, turning into the Veterans of Foreign Wars, the Bullhead City Chamber of Commerce, and to our city. Um, thank you so much for everyone's support. Thank you. Hello, Sharks. I'm sorry. City Council members, good evening. My name is Judy Hogan. I am the treasurer and the board of directors of the River Cities Community Theater Player. On behalf of <clears throat> my cohort here, Becca Gaston and Doreen Hansen, we are here to uh, represent, along with River Cities Community Players, we also represent the Ghost Light Youth Theater. We provide live and local entertainment for the tri-state area, six shows a year, and folks of all ages are performing in our shows. Our new season opens next Thursday, October 12th, with the play 12 Angry Jurors. This is a serious yet provocative play about a jury in the 50s in a New York City courthouse where an 18-year-old boy is on trial for allegedly stabbing his father to death. If you've seen the movie, if you're old enough to have seen the original 12 Angry Men, it's based on that. We would like to invite everyone to help us open what looks to be an interesting, exciting season filled with thought-provoking drama, comedy, and music, including a multi-generational Christmas show. Tickets for all shows can be found at rcctp.org. As a token of our appreciation for the support of the city, we bring the council members these t-shirts sized for each of you. We hope you wear them in your free time and show the community your support for our wonderful River Cities Community Theater players. Thank you for your attention and your time. Thank you. Thank you so much. Sean? Sean Regan, Bullhead City. Um, com coming to you um, on behalf of Arizona Veteran Canine. Can I get five? Um, tonight, um, I'm coming to uh, publicly thank a lot of uh, generous supporters who've um, recently helped uh, Arizona Veteran Canine a lot. Um, specifically, Sam's Club, Jeremy S., who's the manager, he continues to support us ex extensively, and I couldn't be more grateful. Lori, Home Depot, also provide us equipment um, and has generously supported us. Um, Bullhead City Printing, um, Bullhead Fort Mojave Realtor Association and their wonderful event that they put on. It was a wonderful uh, bingo night. We were the second grossing uh, of the year. So we were very grateful for the community and its support and the support of the Realtor Association. Combat Motorcycle Vets Association who generously support us throughout the year. Walmart, Fort Mojave, Kingman and Parker. Also, first class dog training. WC is assisting me with a canine. Dr. Sheila Bennett, or Barnett, pardon me, and Baron Services. Uh, more importantly, um, but not least, Black Mountain Search and Rescue and 
Donna at St. All these individuals and more have contributed throughout the year, and every time I tell God my plans, he laughs and <coughs> proves to me that there are genuine people out there who really care about what we do and care about um, the veterans at large in our community as well as what we try to do. We try to prevent the suicides of the returning veterans from combat. We still have members deployed. Even though it's not in the news every day, I want everybody to be aware that there are veterans deployed everywhere in this world, and even though it's not publicized, they still come back with the same trauma as they did in Iraq and Afghanistan and Vietnam. So even those are the standout tours, um, there's others, and they contribute heavily to our country. They um, are often um, not thanked for what they do, and we try to reverse that and let them know that their service is greatly appreciated and they are not forgotten for, for their service to our country. So with that, um, I'd like to thank everyone else, um, Mayor too, for your participation. I very much appreciate it. Your comedy night was also excellent and <laughs> point on. Um, and I thank the public too for all their support and we look forward to hearing from all of you uh, in the future. Coming up in October, now that this, it's gotten cooler, we'll be starting our training program. We had seven, we have put on uh, now nine vets that will be getting dogs in training and we placed 12. So we are moving upwards and onwards. Um, and all of this is also to the generous support of our community. And we like to thank you from our hearts. Um, it's very appreciated. And uh, I thank you very much. Sorry I didn't use all my time, but have a great evening. Thank you. Anyone else? Sue? I'm always after the tall guy. <laughs> Good evening, uh, Mayor D'Amico, D'Amico, um, City Council, and City officials. Anyway, I'm here on a happy note tonight. Most of my news is happy. Uh, today, as we speak, our little girl, well, big girl, <laughs> Betty, has been adopted. So I don't know if any of you have been following her on our Facebook page, but she was a dog that we adopted from Kingman uh, Animal Shelter, and she was turned in there for being overweight. So she's really been on a strict diet, and she's coming right along, and she's so happy. You can see the look on her face today, the pictures that Donna just sent me at North Valley. So she's in a great place. She's been adopted by Charity, our foster, that fostered her all this time. Uh, Betty is, I believe, six years old. The other good news I have is those of you that have been following the news about Bailey for over two years, <coughs> I know one very interested person, and that's the mayor's wife, Barbara. I hope she's listening. Um, there was a lot of great pictures uh, that are gonna be coming our way about Bailey. She was um, with the foster for over two years, but it didn't work out. So now she's living at Last Chance Rescue out in um, Kingman. And when Donna delivered Bailey out there, the day she took her out there, it was amazing, she said, because Bailey was on some heavy meds for anxiety. Now she's completely off of them. When she arrived that day, Annie, who runs Last Chance Rescue, came to her car. They got her out of the car and she said, give me the lead. Annie's a tough little gal about my size, and she don't take no <clears throat> you know what off of anybody, and even the animals. 
They're all special needs. So she took her lead and off they went. On the grass, she has 40 acres. She has a couple horses. She has blind cats, dogs that are in need of special needs. One of the dogs that she has we rescued long ago named Batman out of our shelter and he drug his little back legs around while he was there and nobody seemed to want him. He was a tiny little chihuahua, black, and I remember him because I held him in my arms and nobody wanted to adopt him so Last Chance Rescue stepped up to the plate again and took little Batman in and uh, his new name, oh I had it written down, I'm not even reading my notes, I don't know why I make them. Um, but anyway, um, he is so happy. Um, they got him the back wheels for his legs. And Don and her husband, the day they drove him out there, he hit that grass and boy, off he took. Like he never, couldn't wait to run again. So he's been living there for years and uh, he'll live his life out there. All of her animals do. Uh, another dog we took in was a dog named Flynn that came out of uh, Maricopa, Maricopa County. And actually, the sheriff, um, Joe Apio, stepped in on this action because the dog was um, considered paralyzed at the shelter. And it turned out his nails were embedded to his pads is why he couldn't walk. So they fired while well, Joe saw to it because Donna said, I can't get there tonight. Well, he's going to be euthanized tomorrow. They said, no, please wait. I'll come and get him. And so Joe Apio stepped in and told the shelter, you just keep that dog safe till Donna gets there. And she went out the very next day and now he's living his life out at Last Chance Rescue. And he's an adorable little wiener dog. And uh, shame on those people for letting his nails make him crippled. So now he's, he's fine. What I wanna last say about is our city ordinances. And I wanna thank Steve for setting a couple of those ordinances, our mayor, excuse me, shouldn't be on a personal note. Um, but our mayor set those two, and that was the dog at large and the barking ordinance. Hooray for that. And then also Tammy Ring set the leash law, and I remember that. I was here that day that that got set in place. So please, all of you sitting up there, I hope you're listening, get your heads together, set some ordinances so we can stop this animal abuse that's going on. It's every day we get calls that they need medical help, medical help. And we want to keep the money coming in so we can keep helping all these animals. So please think about fostering so we can save more lives. Go to our website, bhcsaint.org, or look at our Facebook page and you can see all the wonderful stories of the animals we're still saving. Thank you very much and God bless our police department and our fire department for keeping us safe. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Scotty? Scotty from Bowhead. Um, yesterday I was over to the supervisor's meeting and I asked them to start a civil grand jury. This has been needed here for a long time. I grew up with one. I just thought everybody in the world had one. Apparently we don't. A civil grand jury is to investigate and review citizens' complaints concerning the operations of city and county governments, as well as other tax-supported and non-profit agencies and districts. You submit a thing under their door, you mail it to them, you hand it to them. 
This is run by a judge. They have the same rights as a jury. You don't mess with them. You don't go to them knocking on the door and say, hey, this is needed in this county. And the uh, best thing about this is that public officials that are elected officials can't serve. They're volunteers, people like you guys, and the people behind me are volunteers and they serve for one year. This is so needed in this county. All these complaints that go up there before the county supervisor could be handled by these people here. They do not indict anybody. They don't have the power to do that. They're not after that. They're asking about a complaint. And the two of my complaints would be the handicapped parking situation that you guys haven't done a thing about and the transit system in this town, the worst run transit system in the world. Those would be two of my complaints and they would go and investigate it. And they would call you and say, Steve, have that door open. We're going to have a busload of 19 people show up and have your information available to them. They don't indict anybody, but this needs to be started and the county has to, the Board of Supervisors needed to do this. And here, I finally got my uh, thing that I wrote in the paper about two or three weeks ago about the Colorado Bell giving uh, Christian Cinema key to the city and uh, whining and dining her. I finally got the 19 people that attended how much the flowers cost, et cetera, et cetera. She brought six people with her. Can you imagine what the airfare cost first class flying back to Washington? My God. Um, I want to complain about this driveway entrance into this new hospital. How in the heck is the car going to turn in there? You guys asked $22 million from the state to have a right turn lane put in? They need to put in a right turn lane there. You can't pull in there. That's the same way Dairy Queen. I got up here and griped a few years ago. And next day they had it redone. They tore it out and redid it. That's bull that you let them do that. Anyone else? Jim? Jim Fuller, Bullhead, Mayor, Council, and those President. Uh, on this note, I attended a annual Mojave Electric Cooperative meeting on, I believe it was on the 21st, Thursday. It, it went on for three hours. I had the most fun with, with a, with a Henderson Fieldhouse was full. And I was just amazed. They, they went out of their way. Mojave County Electric's staff. They were everywhere serving. So what I seen was joy, laughter, love, friendly people everywhere. I did I didn't see anybody that had an issue. And I was rather surprised to see that here in Bullhead after all that I've been seeing for for a couple of years that I've been involved coming here so I just want to just share that and and when I went to the office to get my free bucket and this little Ryobi fan because I was on mo my motorcycle when I went there so they took it and I went and got it a couple days later they said Mr. Fuller remember to thank Dot Foods 
well I don't know really anything about dot food but Mojave Electric does and I suppose you guys do too they help our community too so I want to give credit to them and all the people that donated and gave tons of gifts I was lucky enough to win a hundred bucks from Home Depot from a company here so uh, the more I get involved and I come down here I feel that the good things outweigh the bad things and we'll just keep working that way so I just thank you for your time and I love my adopted city thank you very much thank you anyone else Pam Good evening, Mayor, Council, Staff, Pamela Smith. Um, just want to invite everybody to tomorrow's Colorado River Republican Women. Uh, it is at Chaparral, 11 a.m. to 1. Our speaker tomorrow will be the one and only Mr. Jerry Harding from MAC. Also on October 24th, uh, we are doing a bingo. It is $20 pre-sale, $25 at the door. It will also be at Chaparral. It begins at 5 p.m. It's a burgers and bingo. So if you want, um, if you're going to have a burger, last last call for the burger would be 6 because we're going to start the games at 6.30. So you are all invited and hopefully we will see you there. Thank you. Thank you. Is there anyone else? All right, then we'll close the call to the public. Agenda modifications. Any items to be withdrawn from or moved to the appropriate place on the agenda? Not, I'll take a waiver motion. Mr. Mayor, I move to waive the reading in full of all ordinances and resolutions Second. presented. Second. Presented at this meeting. Still second. And still second. I right, cast your votes, please. Six in favor of the motion. Motion carries. Right, manager's report. Good evening. Um, I'd like to start off this meeting by introducing myself. Um, I saw a couple of faces and some people are probably wondering who's that gentleman sitting up there in Toby's seat. Uh, my names are Edgar Kajiro. I am the assistant city manager. Um, Mr. Toby Carter is out of the office attending the International City and County Managers Association Conference. Uh, he shall be back in the office later on this week. Um, the ICMA conference is generally a very informative educational um, experience and it also allows the city manager to sort of sit down and be in a positive environment with his peers to, to discuss different challenges and different solutions that are facing cities across the nation. Um, so uh, that's why I'm here today and uh, I'll move on forward to present the, uh, the city manager's report with some of the items that um, I have in front of me. Um, the first item that I have is the uh, as an update on uh, Catholic charities. I would like to call upon uh, the Human Services Director, Mr. Jeffrey Tipton, to speak on that right. report, please. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Kajero. Mayor, Council, just a quick update on Catholic charities on some of the events and activities and services they're providing, and then there's a short video right after. Um, since they opened October of 20, I had some year-to-date numbers and how the uh, increases have been. Um, one of the services they provide is shower services. Um, in the year 2021, there was 3,101 um, shower services. 
That increased in 2022 to 4,842. And so far year to date, and this number's through mid-September, they're at 5,000. Um, laundry services, uh, 2021, there was 1,188. Um, in 2022, there was 2,751. And then in 2023 through the middle of September was 4,007. Um, clothing services, um, where they provided clothes for individuals, 878 services in 2021, 1,184 in 2022, and already 2,903 year-to-date through September. Um, computer services, 1,134 in 2021, 2,295 in 2022, and 3,031 already through September. Um, night stays um, at the shelter and the actual shelter part, 2,547 in 2021. Um, that number went up to 9,710. And so far through September, it's 10,054. Um, family night services um, in the family section, 1,566 night stays um, in 2021. In 2022, that number grew to 1,858. And this year, year to date, 1,692. Um, total individuals served um, in the year 2021, 10,801. Um, 2022, that number went up to 15,605. And currently through September, it's 19,046, which is a 22% increase over um, what they did the whole last year. Um, probably be close to about 27,000 individuals served uh, when the year's over. Um, meals, um, the 2021, there was 19,707 meals. That number doubled to 41,457 in 2022. And currently, um, the meals served through the middle of September is 51,863, which is already up 19%. Um, just a little bit on the meals. Um, if they finished out September, how they were tracking and averaging about 6,000 meals for October, November, and December, um, they will have served 72,000 meals, which is up 73%. Um, so far through September, breakfast served this year is um, almost 11,000. Lunches is 17,000. The sack lunches are 9,000. And dinner served is right at 16,000. So just wanted to cover some of the services that Catholic Charities is providing. And there's also a short video that's going to be coming out from Catholic Charities that is kind of a campaign just bringing recognition to the shelter so Christian if y'all could pull up the video please there was a homeless guy that was living down here and they found his body and this happened like five different times it's kind of scary to think about and I always hope that I don't find somebody you know it's just trying to find anybody that might need help People get so used to seeing it that they forget that they're people, you know? And everybody's tragedy is like a switch, and I think most people don't realize that they're just a flick away from whatever it is to being in the same 
exact situation. The biggest need, not only for our community, but for all communities, is housing and affordable housing. Over the last couple of years with the COVID pandemic and stuff, a lot of people have lost their housing and employment and like the raises in rent. So they haven't been able to afford and to sustain housing. Landlord wanted to sell his house and, you know, didn't have anywhere to go. And that's how we ended up homeless, couldn't find a place to live and ended up living in our car. It was hard going through that with my kids. It was hard to know where your next meal would be and then when the next time you would take a shower. Without a home, without that security, it's very hard to get out there and work. It's very hard to do all the other steps you need to in life. Her daughter Amber kind of took the helm and um, got a hold of me and we started talking, talked about, you know, she's pregnant, that they're in their van and they were about to lose their van. To be able to have a place where they can come in, they can get fed, they can take a shower, and if they want help, we're going to make sure they get help because the mission of Catholic Charities is to walk alongside our clients until they're independent. So we, we try to employ every possible resource we can to, to make that happen for those who are willing to, to take the steps. What we are trying to do is make aware what Catholic Charities at this shelter provides. It's not just a shelter. All the services that are available come out of this admin office. Over 20 programs have assistance, whether it's foster care, whether it's veterans, prisoners, all of those kinds of things that are central to helping grow a healthy group of, of individuals in your community. You get to refer them to uh, different case managers here or different resources that are connected with the shelter. Um, the police have somewhere to take them other than jail. They can take them here. The hospitals can bring them here. If they're homeless, then we have the room or they just need a shower or something, they'll bring them here. I think this place is hugely important for the community. I do work very hard on transitioning my clients, my veterans, 90 days. I have three of them that are staying here right now that have places to move in before they have to be out. If if they can't make rent that month, life happens. It's happened to all of us at some point in our lives. We don't have the money that month, they can call me. I'll catch them up. I'll pay their rent that month. So if they're being threatened with eviction, I got your back, but I also got the veterans back. You're gonna get your money for the rent. They are under case management. We're checking in on our clients. We're making sure there's no damages to the property. So giving them all of their resources on how we can help is helping work with the property management because first of all, they're like, oh no, you know, like they've got an eviction on their credit. They've got this or they have these barriers. And you're like, wait, this is why we're in and doing what we're doing. We're helping them. It's letting them know how we're backing these clients for their safety of financially and for the clients. You know, we have our housing program that assists with deposits and first month's rents. But then, it, you know, it is the client's obligations to work on job searching and being able to stay housed. But those funds that come through as well um, help them get started. And they know you're gonna work hard for them. And that's what I tell them. I will work really hard, but I'm gonna need you to work really hard too. They have to take ownership and they have to work too. And it's, uh, you come alongside and you come alongside of them and you help them to whatever step or goal they have at that point. And it's rewarding on both to get to see an entire family get to stay together, to watch mom have a baby in a place she's not afraid she's gonna lose her baby. I mean, they're amazing stories.
Thank you, Mr. Tepin, for that. I think that video exemplifies uh, the partnership that we have with Catholic Charities and what we continue to do for the community. Um, for the second uh, city manager's report uh, item I have is uh, Highway 68 reporting. Um, this project is conducted by ADOT. Uh, they're repaving uh, north of uh, Bullhead City right at the intersection of Laughlin uh, Bridge intersection going up all the way through to Union Pass section. Uh, this is uh, west of Golden Valley. Lane restrictions will be limited to overnight hours for the segment uh, from milepost 1 to 6. Daytime paving will take place from milepost 6 to 15 and there will be no walk conducted on the weekends. Business access will be maintained at all times during construction and if you've had a chance to drive up north you will realize the two outer lanes of uh, going north and south have already commenced uh, repaving. Uh, we look forward to that project being done. And uh, this leads me next uh, to my next item, which is uh, Highway 95 pothole filling and repaving. Um, over the past few weeks, we did get complaints and some calls regarding the uh, potholes on Highway 95. And our public works director, Angie, and her crew uh, two weekends ago went ahead and did the pothole pothole filling for those. Um, even though this road is going to be completely repaved, uh, we do pride ourselves in our pavement management program that Angie has been leading over the past uh, few years, and uh, we, saw it, uh, we, we saw it right to go ahead and fill those holes as we, uh, as we work with ADOT as they come in to do the repaving for Highway 95. Um, ADOT crews are still uh, working full force. Uh, they work at nights. Uh, Highway 95 will see repaving all the way south from Cartwright Road up north to the Laughlin Bridge intersection. Currently, this past few weeks um, and last week, they worked on the Gritmont connections and um, adjusting and testing to make sure that they're working fine. This week, uh, they were working on their hot plant mobilization and their crusher as they work on the mobbing and operating site. Uh, we urge everyone who's uh, walking, uh, who's driving on this road just to sort of keep their eyes open. Uh, please follow the guidelines and any sort of um, signs that you see out there. Slow down and uh, just watch out for construction personnel and equipment. Uh, they should be starting repaving uh, towards the end of the month. Uh, but once again, uh, this walk will be done at night and uh, there'll be very minimal uh, disruption. Uh, just expect about 15 to 20 minutes added to your commute if you're going down south or going up north. Uh, the other item on the agenda today, uh, on my report today, is uh, Bullhead City Street Racing. This item came about after our mayor uh, went to Kingman to attend the um, Route 66 uh, drug racing event in Kingman. Uh, and shortly after that, uh, we started holding discussions uh, with the group, and I will let our park superintendent, Mr. Dave Heath, speak on this. Thank you. Mr. Mayor, council members, thank you, uh, Acting City Manager Eddie. I appreciate that. Um, so yeah, it's happening. There's been a lot of discussion out there, people saying, is this happening, is this not happening? It is happening. It is happening on train. Uh, we've had a lot of discussions with this group. We've talked to them about the safety of what's happening, um, about the uh, traffic concerns, about the uh, business concerns, about the pedestrians concerns. And uh, we, we came up with the, the best location to be train road 
uh, that would cause the least amount of disruption disruption for the community so that seems to have worked out well uh, we have looked at their traffic plan their trash plan their safety plan uh, it's all um, in line of course this is the first time we've had an event like this in this community uh, so we're gonna see how a lot of things go but um, once I've looked at their you know their park plans and the police have looked at their safety plans and the fire department has looked at their safety plans and and everyone uh, th that needs to be involved in this at the city level has looked at their plans we felt like uh, this is something that was okay for us to say yes let's go ahead and do this uh, we wish them luck we hope they have a safe event uh, we hope those people that come out to watch the event really enjoy it and uh, and like we said earlier the the parks will be closed uh, to general public on there and it's not closed they're reserved for this event uh, both Gary Keith Park and Ken Povark Park are, are reserved. Uh, we will have uh, early morning lap swim and water aerobics at 6 a.m. And, and 7 a.m. for anyone interested in doing that. Uh, they still need to get their exercise, we understand that. Uh, but after that, uh, the, the park, Ken Povark Park and uh, Gary Keith Park will be reserved for this event along with Train Road. Um, do I have any questions from anybody on this one? Saturday and Sunday. And is the city going to put something out on their page? Because we had, uh, you know, we, we've been working on this for a while, and there was three flyers that were put out on social media with wrong, uh, they had the same date, but they had wrong locations. So, uh, yeah, there's been quite a bit of confusion about that. Uh, the last flyer that I saw uh, still said Alonis Way, but Alonis Way is, is where they're going to be having their pits. That's where they're going to have their, uh, a lot of the parking uh, for people that are involved with the event. And, and, and there will be parking also at, at City Hall. Um, for people that are interested in, in attending the event, um, I believe it's it's twenty dollars per day and thirty dollars for the weekend for those who would like to attend. Um, but yes, it, 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 Alonis Way is not where the driving of uh, or the racing will happen. The racing will happen on train. Um, if I do get an accurate uh, new flyer, I'll, I'll make sure I share that. And can we let the public know that they did? They are paying for our parks to be closed. That oh, that's that's correct. They're they're paying the, the the full fee for the parks to 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 use those for this weekend. Thanks, Dave. I appreciate your work, uh, the chief's work. Uh, Toby's not here. Everybody, uh, this has been uh, a long time coming. I appreciate the people putting this together. Um, I went up there and raced and uh, had so much fun. I said, we need this in Bullhead. And thank God for the people that are putting it together in our city for, for getting it all put together. It's going to be great. And uh, a message to the kids out there that like to go do, do donuts at Rotary Park. Uh, please don't do that. Now we have some events that's going to be once a month for five to six months, as long as this all goes smooth. And you could uh, pay and come out here and, and race legally and safely and not tear up our parks. <laughs> so take advantage of that. I think it's going to be a great event and everyone's going to have fun. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Heath, and I'll also just like to follow that up and clarify that this is not a city event, uh, but an event that was permitted by the city once those uh, organizations members approached us. And i also just like to remind the public that we are going to have city offices closed uh, next Monday for Columbus Day, so kindly please keep that in mind. Um, uh, our crews that work on certain ships will be walking but uh, with train being closed on Saturday and Sunday uh, it will be back open on Monday but city offices will be closed with that being said mayor I don't have anything else to share thank you thank you uh, mayor and council members report on current events anybody have anything mr. mayor um, I just wanted to 
say thank you to everyone that came to the community baby shower. We had 51 mothers, expecting mothers, that came, and there was amazing community donations that really helped support them with diapers and clothes and resources from the community. So thank you for that. This Friday, um, we'll be doing our first Friday cleanup. Um, we'll meet at the corner of Merrill Avenue at 7 a.m. For anybody that would like to come clean up trash, we have trash pickers, um, gloves, vests, and really want to thank the Mojave Accelerated Key Club that always comes out and uh, joins us with that. So thank you very much. Anyone else? Yes, Mr. Mayor. So the Noon Kiwanis got a busy month, October. Uh, Want to make an announcement about the Trunk or Treat is going to be on Halloween right here at the Geith Caverty Park. Also, Corn Fest is going to be on Friday and Saturday, the 20th and 21st. On Friday, it'll be from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. And then on Saturday, it'll be from 10 a.m. to 11 p.m. And they'll have the haunted house and all the, there'll be vendors there. And, and come on out and have a good time. Thank you. Anyone else? All right. Consent agenda. Any items to be withdrawn from the consent agenda? If not, I'll take a motion. Mr. Mayor, I move that we approve the consent agenda as read. Second motion. Cast your votes. Six in favor of the motion. Motion carries. Item number three. Discussion and possible action to approve the grant agreement with the River Fund Incorporated for $50,000 from the Human Services Budget to assist the homeless in Bullhead City with transportation needs and authorize the city manager to execute the agreement. Uh, Mayor and Council, this item comes before you today for approval. Uh, this item was a budgeted item last in the last fiscal year. It came before the Council and got approval. Uh, they're depleting their funds right now and uh, they did approach the city and that's why this item is before you once again. And just to make it clear, it did come before Council during this uh, uh, this year's budget work session, got approved by Council, and they would like to access those funds uh, to continue doing their business. And Jeff Tipton, our Human Service Director, and Mike Corner are here today for any questions. Thank you. Thank you. Does anybody have any questions? I don't have any questions, but I do want to make a statement. Uh, I'll mention the fact that uh, how proud we are really of you, uh, Mike, for all the work that you've done for the city, those that, that are in need, and we thank you for it on, on behalf of the recipients of your gracious hospitality as well. Thank you. Um, I just want to comment a little bit on this. Uh, this is a great program. Uh, we just watched a, um, a video on homeless and uh, some of the things that um, they do there with this money. Um, when, when we find out about an encamp encampment of homeless people out there. We send our PD along with uh, social services out there and we go to see if they need help. Um, a lot of times they will go to the shelter and receive the help they want. A lot of times the people are stuck here and they need to get back home in California or Florida or Wisconsin or anywhere they may be from and a lot of these funds are for a bus ticket to get them back to where they, they need to go. Um, we're not being mean and saying and just putting them on a bus and kicking them out of here. Um, but we are being stern and this is a good program to help them get there and on top of that the river fund has always on top of this before this program helped people from not becoming homeless they have always helped people if they might be a couple hundred behind in rent and they would help them pay their rent for that month and that might have saved them from being on the streets they've helped them with their utility bills 
which also might have prevented them from being on their streets. So the River Fund has always been a great partner with the city and we appreciate everything they've done. And this program here, the fact that it was, the money was depleted, shows that it was needed and it is working. Um, if you look back a little over a year ago, when you drove down Highway 95, You've seen tents were getting so bad that they were going all the way out to the street by Highway 95 across from Community Park. Now the only encampments we see are when we're being notified that they're out in the middle of nowhere out there. Um, so we've put a major dent in uh, the homeless program, both for the people that want help and the people that don't. That We've just got them back to where they need to be instead of here. Uh, so it's a great program, and uh, I'm, I appreciate everything you've done, and glad to continue to support it. Thank you. Anyone else? Mr. Mayor, um, Mike, is there a way that you could uh, tell us how many people, more or less, you were able to help with this $50,000 over this last year? Good evening, Mayor and Council and staff. Uh, Thanks for uh, all your kind words. Uh, we appreciate that. And, and we appreciate what the City Council and the community has done to support River Fund all these years. We're in our 14th year now. And I think we're somewhere around $3.7 million that we've helped with. And the, the important part is that it stays locally. Locally to us is Golden Shores to Golden Valley, including Laughlin and, and some parts of Needles. And uh, it's been uh, it's been quite a quite an experience this last year with all of this heat that we had. It's hang on so long. We had an exceptional amount of people that were troubled through electric bills and those kinds of things as well that that reside here. We had some cases where we had to help people with that, and some air conditioning issues uh, that uh, we helped with through the grants that we received from Ohio Electric. And so it's been an interesting time, uh, thank goodness, for these grants because we wouldn't have been able to help the people we did. Uh, the, the, the housing safety uh, security uh, program that you were talking about is, it was exceptional. It, did, it saved a lot of people their homes and their mortgages. It saved an awful lot of people from being on the street uh, that otherwise could have stayed in their homes had they not lost their jobs or still was rebounding from uh, the COVID and the results of those things. So all of these things are, are working very well. Uh, we, we uh, in terms of uh, transporting people on, on Greyhound buses, or we do a lot of vetting, vetting before we just uh, hand them the ticket and get them out of here uh, as attitude. We don't do that. We, what we do do is, is try to make sure that they're ready to go when they're ready to go, and somebody's going to be on the other end uh, to, to greet them, not to become a, a hazard or a welfare issue for another state or another town. And we've been pretty good at that. Uh, in some cases, we've had to give people birth certificates uh, for their children. Um, Greyhound is pretty picky about how they handle things. Nobody can get on their buses without a, a uh, photo ID. And they can't take dogs on the on the buses unless they are certified, and by that I mean paperwork in the whole nine yards. Uh, we had an uh, interesting, if I may, uh, the, uh, tell you one little quick story about a, a fellow that came out here. He has uh, terminal bladder cancer, but he was making his last trip out here from Iowa City to see some friends that he knew here in Bullhead City. 
And while he was here, his van caught on fire and burned to the ground. Inside that van was his little puppy named uh, Nikki. She was a cute little female uh, Yorkie. And he, uh, he went into the burning vehicle and he rescued his dog. So that left him and the dog homeless here in Bullhead City. In Iowa City, he has a home, his own home. But he became homeless in Bullhead City by no fault of his own. So we put him up and the dog for a few days uh, in a casino uh, across the river in one of our casinos that we work with. And then it was time to get him home. And uh, Catholic Charities was also involved in this. They kept him for a while too. And then it was my job to get him to Iowa City again. And of course he had no idea or anything so we worked on that, getting that for him. And then there was the issue with the dog. And the dog couldn't go on the bus because he wasn't a, 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 a regular dog for, for that kind of trip. And so what I had to do was convince this young man that was, well, the elderly man that was uh, here to let me take the dog and, and see what I could do to get him back to Iowa City. And with that, he immediately went into an anxiety attack. And, and uh, he was in bad shape for thinking that he was gonna lose that dog. And I, I eventually got him to trust me and we got him on a bus. Me and Nikki took him to the Home Depot uh, bus stop and I took Nikki for about four days to my house with my dogs. And I found a thing online called the Pet Transportation Company. And they have 2,500 drivers across the United States. It's a network. And um, so I, I, it's a bid, you bid it. I, I got it bid down, all the way down to $800. It was kind of expensive for us to do this, but we did it. And, and this young man came from San Diego on his way to the East Coast. He lives in Michigan and he picked up the dog, complete with a van and everything you could want for a suite for a dog inside this thing. And. Uh, Remember, we'd already taken care of the man. He's on the bus heading for Iowa City. Well, on the way, he got sick, and they had to pull the bus over on the side of the highway and put him in an ambulance and take him to Twin Falls, Idaho. Uh, he was treated for these burns that he had on his body that he never told us about. And so they had him in rehab and all kinds of stuff for almost a month. Now, the dog is on his way, too, but the dog beat him home by almost a month. And, and when he got there home, finally, another nonprofit there in Twin Falls actually put him on a plane and sent him onto, onto his home. And when he got there, his dog was there to greet him. So that was one of those really cool stories that, that happens just all by accident. It's just, you, have to, you have to generate a plan uh, almost instantly for things like this. And that's just one story. There's so many of them like that, of, of getting families back together uh, people have been on the street for several years. We had one uh, recently that was on on uh, the streets for five years and moving around. And uh, we finally got her taken care of. Uh, she was 90 years old and, and, and she all she wanted to do with me was dance. She wanted to dance all the time every time I saw her. But she was really a nice lady and we got her taken care of. And there's just so many of them. We, uh, 
and, and according to my statistics, uh, this this latest uh, grant that we just we have six thousand dollars left in that fund that, that that we're talking about, and we've taken for us uh, we put seventy four people on the road uh, to their homes across the country this season, and uh, and that was uh, almost half of the money. The, the 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 grant was, but some of that stuff required us to put people up for a while until we could find where their relatives were. Some didn't have cell phones, so we didn't have a phone number. So there was a lot of research that we had to do to get the people taken care of. Um, other than that, it's it, it's it was a lot of car repairs, and these were people that don't live here. These are people that were coming through town, and their car broke down and they didn't have a job and ran out of money and so we fixed the car and got them back on the road again. Um, another one is gasoline. There were 72 clients that needed gasoline. By the time they got here they were on fumes and we got them at least a tank of gas to get to the next big city uh, that they were heading to. So uh, a lot of interesting stories and a lot of interesting people to talk to on the way to help them get, get by. And then through Jeff and, and his department, uh, we get notified 24 hours a day uh, of anything that's going on that needs to be taken care of at the time. And so we'll put them up temporarily and then get them in our office the next day and talk to them about what's next. How are we going to take care of you? Just like we did the domestic violence victims, only we get them out of town where, they're, where, they're, uh, where their intentions were to get going. So. This grant has just been a wonderful, life-saving uh, package that we've got going here with the partnership that we have with the city and with Catholic Charities and all of the other nonprofit agencies that are humanitarian involved uh, service people here in the town. And it's, uh, it's great that we have this partnership uh, to, uh, to work with not only our own people but the people that come through here and have these issues that turn them into a crisis or a hardship that they can't take care of themselves. So I thank you for that, and anything you can do to help us through this, this partnership has just been wonderful, uh, and I appreciate you, everything, and including our attorney that helped us put together this program, the, the language and everything that works for us, and I don't know, that's about all I can really, no, I, no, that's not about all I can talk about. You want to, <laughs> thank, thank you. There's a, there's a lot to it, but anyway, I, I thank you for your support, and, and uh, and encouragement that you give us by all your kind words. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Hey, Mike, would you um, would you be able to let people know how to get in touch with you? I'm sorry. Would you be able to let people know how to get in touch with you if they need you? We we have uh, we have a website. It's uh, riverfunding.com. But the uh, the two offices we have one in Laughlin, one in Bullhead City. The one in Laughlin is at the government center on Civic Way. And that office is open Monday through Thursday from 9 to 1. Uh, without writing down a bunch of phone numbers tonight, the website's the easiest, but I'm, I'm going to be coming back with some more information one of these days. And we're, we're developing some new things for the public to have. We've got a new card that we're doing now. That one side is both addresses for both our facilities. The other side is a list of all of the services that we do routinely. And there's 18 of them. And so the, uh, we want to get those cards out to the people that need them 
so that they can have a way to get a hold of us and we'll be bringing supplies of those to, to City Hall and other places for people to get. And the Bullhead office is on Hancock Road about two doors west of Little Caesar's Pizza. And in there we have Nation's Finest, which are, is our veterans nonprofit service that we, that, that agency is working with us. So we have, when we get a veteran that's homeless or uh, uh, in circumstances that they can't deal with, uh, we've got River Fund and, and Veterans Services in the other room. So that office is, is open Monday through Friday, nine to one. And we hope by this winter we'll be having the Bullheaded office open till five o'clock. So thank you very much, Mike. You really appreciate it. Thank you, Dan. Any other questions? Thank you. Thank you. Is anyone from the audience? All right, then I'll entertain a motion. Mr. Mayor, I move to approve item three as read. Second. Cast your votes. Six in favor of the motion. Motion carries. Item number four. Discussion of possible action to approve the agreement for basketball court resurfacing with Elite Sports Builders, LLC of Phoenix, Arizona, through Omnia Partners contract number R220502 in an amount not to exceed $84,092 for the resurfacing of the basketball court at Rotary Park and authorize the city manager or designee to execute the contract on behalf of the city and issue resulting payments. Madam Econ Council, um, this item before you today is brought to you for your approval. This item is also a budgeted item and comes today for your approval. I will let our Public Works Director, Ms. Angie Johnson, present this. Thank you. Thank you, Ed. Thank you, Eddie Mayor and Council. This is a budgeted item for this budget year. It's a, it is to resurface the three basketball courts in Rotary Park. Uh, the project will consist of diamond grinding to resurface, to gain a smooth surface of the courts, fill in the cracks, and then repaint the courts. Um, the contractor is um, part of an Omni cooperative agreement, which means that agencies have gone out and done the research to get us the best prices. Um, Elite Sports Builders was the one that had painted the new pickleball and tennis courts. Um, and so we did reach out to them. We had also reached out to the other vendor that did the basketball courts at uh, Ken Fogarg a couple years ago. They're also on state bid, but they were too busy to give us a bid and these contractors were able to give us a bid and I stand for any questions. Okay, any questions, comments? And these are gonna be uh, same blue as the other uh, courts, I believe. Dave says no. <laughs> I think I, I think I just come up and talk. I think I just asked you that like two days ago or three days ago. Uh, Mr. Mayor, Council members, the and this might sound weird, but the blue courts are the blue courts. That's kind of an iconic thing that we have over at Ken Fovard Park. So we're going to leave that as the only blue court. Um, these courts are going to be uh, brown or tan colored, I believe, is what we're going with with uh, black stripes around the outside. Still better than just concrete. That's right, it's gonna yes. be very nice. Yes, all right, thank you. Right, anyone from the audience? Scotty. Scotty from Bowhead. Uh, Angie, this is a lot less money than that one you had over here that painted it blue over by the swimming pool. Isn't that quite a bit less money than you paid over? That was over $100,000, wasn't it? 
I didn't look it up either, but it just seems like it. You're doing three courts down at Community Park, and it does need it. There's a lot of cracks. Are they going to fix all those cracks and stuff? So we're going to have it nice. Now the problem is with this one over here by the swimming pool. Nobody maintains it. I walked it today, and it is a friggin' mess. And it ain't that old. There's a chunk out of it on the south end, out of bounds. That needs, you know, it's somebody took something to it or just where, whatever. I know they get those kids get on it pretty good, and they're, even though they're just in tennis shoes, it's still. But you water the damn thing every day. You know how our bowlhead water is, and it's going to eat that up. And they don't go sweep it off. It's never been swept. The wind blows dust on it, whatever. They're down there today at Community Park, right by the basketball court, pulling out the posts, putting rocks on it, big old rocks. They're not filling the backfill. They're not filling up the holes that they're pulling these posts out. Why do we have a mosquito abatement team here at all when you are making a place for mosquitoes to breed? It's the same thing with the old tennis courts that they did. It was a learning lesson. They didn't backfill the posts that they stuck in the ground. When it rains, there's that much water in there waiting for mosquitoes to breed. And the water is eventually going to find its way down there and rot out the cement. Cement is not forever, especially if it's maintained like we're doing here in these parks. Thank you. Uh, Dave, have you noticed uh, what's going on with the court over there? Mayor D'Amico, I'll let um, Dave and Angie respond uh, to Scotty. Thank you. Yes, Mr. Mayor and Council Members. Um, the situation with the water on the court over at Ken Fovard Park, we are aware of that. Uh, when we resurfaced Ken Fovard Park uh, last year, uh, we didn't just resurface the court, but we resurfaced the whole out-of-bounds area too, which was more than we needed to do, but is something that we thought we should do. Um, it looks a lot nicer that way. As such, um, that area that's getting watered every day, you notice it now. Uh, but we are going to be addressing that. We have a plan in place to uh, take out the grass and uh, replace it with artificial turf uh, surrounding it so we won't have that irrigation happening. And uh, I believe we're doing that this year, right, Angie? On the, on the one in Rotary Park. And Rotary Park. The it, one at Rotary Park. Right, we're actually so going to replace 10 feet of uh, real grass and put 10, or about 15 feet of artificial turf with, um, uh, like, we did over at the splash pad and it'll have uh, and then we'll put bubblers at the trees we'll leave the trees there and then we'll do just a dirt area right next to where the road is at and then the rest of it will stay real grass and we're aware of what's going on at gary or at Kemp Boulevard. um we are kind of just seeing what's happening with it too because water versus no water so it'll be a good test to see what happens between the two courts so we we do have a plan to fix it, but we also want to see what happens to the court too. Great, thank you, Dave. Anyone else from the audience? All right, then I'll entertain a motion. Mr. Mayor, motion to approve item number four is read. Second, Second motion. Cast your votes. Six in favor of the motion, motion carries. All right, that concludes our meeting, thank you.